Thanks for listening to the LifePoint Church Podcast. Visit us online at lifepointcentral.com. Um, from all of us, we just want to start off and, and first of all just say um, to everybody, Happy Thanksgiving as we have a holiday weekend. And, and before we get into it, how about we make this confession of faith this morning? Let's say this. I declare, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am dead to sin. I am alive to God. I am rescued. I am redeemed. I am restored. I am forgiven. And I am free. Better watch what you say. You might believe it. And it might manifest. Well, amen. Well, I, I woke up in the middle of the night last night. I don't know what it was like at your house, but it got really, really windy last night. Looked out, snow was blowing everywhere. And so usually when that happens, when I walk out on the porch in the morning, you never know what is where. And I, I walked out this morning, and we have this little table, and we have this little sign that says thankful on it. And it was about five feet away from where it usually is, upside down. And I thought, you know, that's interesting because sometimes our thankfulness can get misplaced. It can get rearranged. It can be out of sorts, out of order. And so this morning, I just felt really led to do a, a Thanksgiving weekend and dedicate this morning to, to just understanding thankfulness and gratitude. And, and so I'm going to say some feel-good stuff. I'm going to say a couple ouch things this morning. Can you all handle that? How, how many believe that we have a lot to be grateful for? We have a lot to be thankful for. And I was I was reading this this week on October the 3rd, 1863, um, President Abraham Lincoln made a public proclamation. Actually, it was on my birthday. I mean, I wasn't born in 1863, but it was the same day. You look good for your age. Yeah. So um, he, he made a public proclamation uh, that there would be a national holiday every November known as, as Thanksgiving. And I wanted to read this to you. This is the first couple lines of his uh, presidential proclamation. It, it says this, the year that is drawing toward its close has been filled with the blessings of fruitful fields and healthful skies. To these bounties, which are so constantly enjoyed that we are prone to forget the source from which they come, others have been added, which are of so extraordinary a nature that they cannot fail to penetrate and soften even the heart which is habitually insensible to the ever-watchful providence of Almighty God. What's interesting is he made that public proclamation right in the middle of the Civil War, a time when families were torn, race, races were torn, political parties were torn. It was, it was a a very challenging time in the history of our country, and yet in a very challenging time, he directed our attention uh, to God being the source of our blessings. And he made that proclamation so we wouldn't forget that God is the creator of our blessings, he's the sustainer of our blessings, and he even said for those who are even the most insensible to God, they have to recognize basically that God's good. Someone say amen to that. So we're going to emphasize this morning, uh, how important it is to, to be full of, of gratitude 
and to be grateful. And I know that has a tendency to just sound cliche, but I hope by the time I'm done teaching today, you'll be able to recognize how grateful you are, or maybe that's some area of your life that you need to give some attention to so you'll be as grateful as you need to be. I think a proper place for us to be starting this morning is in 1 Thessalonians, and Paul penned this scripture, and, and I, I think this scripture sums it up. It says this, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 18, be thankful most of the time. Be thankful in what? Certain circumstances. No, it says, be thankful in every circumstance. Look what it says. For this is the will for those who belong to Christ Jesus. If you call yourself a Christ follower, if you would call yourself a believer or a Christian or one of Jesus' disciples, then, then guess what? The will of God for you, if you belong to Jesus, is that in all circumstances, you remain what? Thankful. That doesn't mean you have to be thankful for every circumstance, but in the circumstance, we need to, guess what? Keep thankfulness at the forefront of our thoughts, our heart, our feelings. And I, I kind of dissected that scripture just a little bit, and it means this. In every circumstance, good or bad, it's God's will for his followers to give thanks. Not just to feel thankful, but to guess what? Give thanks. Isn't that cool? Good or bad, still give thanks. Thanks. That means we have a graceful and thankful attitude, or we have an inner awareness of the goodness of God or the good fortune in our lives. So, if, if uh, any, any Christ followers in the house this morning, well, if you are a Christ follower, guess what? An attribute of your life should be what? Thankfulness. So, so let's build on this a little bit here just for uh, a few moments, and I, I want to teach you up. I think this will, will help you. Life point number one, let's word it this way a thankful heart cultivates gratitude. A thankful heart. This is where it starts. In all circumstances, give what? Thanks. Well, to give thanks, you have to sustain a what? A very thankful heart. And a thankful heart cultivates what we would call uh, uh, gratitude. And, and, and I love what Rick Renner wrote. I read this I've read this before, but I reread this this weekend. And he says, every time someone comes to him and they say, hey, how you doing? His answer is always, I'm grateful or I'm thankful. Isn't that a good way? Of, I wonder how I answer sometimes. But he's trained himself to keep an inner awareness of the goodness of God. So no matter if things are going perfect or if things are challenging, if you've had a great week or a rough week, if you're up against some... Uh, some obstacles right now, or if you're in one of those times when everything's to go pretty smooth, no matter what, how's it going for you? A great answer would be, you know what? I'm grateful. I am thankful. Isn't that a good response? But when we can, we can, when we can create a thankful heart, and a thankful heart just means your, your, your mind is settled on the goodness of God. And so when we have a thankful heart, it starts cultivating uh, gratitude in our lives. Let me, let me define gratitude for you, because I, I think this is a really good definition. It's a positive emotion or attitude, so it, it, it can be an attitude or feeling that acknowledges a benefit that you have received or will receive. 
Did you hear the end of that definition? It, it is a positive emotion or attitude about a benefit that you have already received or you're anticipating receiving. There, there's something about being a Christ follower that, you, that we can be grateful for what God has done. But at the same time, we can always live in anticipation that God's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He will be as good, or if not, gooder tomorrow as he was yesterday. No matter what's going on around us, no matter what's happening um, toward us, guess what? If we keep a, a thankful heart, it cultivates this gratitude in our life. It really comes from uh, uh, the, the, the same word for grace. So to, to, be, to have gratitude just means you are, your heart is very aware of the goodness of God. Your heart is very aware of grace, which is the unmerited, unearned, and undeserved favor of God. It's just being mindful that the grace of God has worked before, and it will continue to work. It has worked in 2022 when we needed it, and guess what? It's going to work in 2023, no matter what's going on around us. The grace of God, the good... How many realize you can't go on without the grace of God? Anyone grateful for the grace of God? And God's grace is just, so, so this gratitude thing is this feeling or this attitude where I am very thankful for the benefits I have received and I'm anticipating God to continue to be good. And he will be because God's faithful. He's not a man that he would be, uh, that he would lie. He is a faithful God. That's his MO. That's his attribute. And that is his nature. So you relied on him yesterday. You relied him on, on him right now. And guess what? You can rely on him in your tomorrow. He's good. He's consistent. He remains the same and he remains faithful. Uh, gratitude is just the memory we have in our heart and the expectation we have. Let me take you to another scripture. And this is Psalm 103. And this is actually David talking to himself. Anyone ever talk to themselves? This is David talking to himself literally. And it says this, with all of my heart and my whole life and all of my innermost being, I bow in wonder I bow in love before you, the holy God, Yahweh. You are my soul's celebration. Now look what it says. How could I ever forget the miracles of kindness that you've done for me? You kiss my heart with forgiveness in spite of everything that I've done. Hello. Two, two of you are excited about that. You're the ones who have a lot to be forgiven for, obviously. You have healed me inside and out from every disease. You've rescued me from hell and you have saved my life. You've crowned me with love and mercy. You satisfy my every desire with what? Good things. You've supercharged my life so that I soar again like a flying eagle in the sky. You know why it's so important to remain thankful? Because it keeps us from forgetting. This, is, this was David's whole conversation. Don't, don't forget these things. Remember these things. Now, one translation that you probably read actually says it this way. Don't forget any of his benefits. How many of we can get forgetful? Isn't it sad that God has done so much that sometimes... We distrust things tomorrow because we misplace our remembrance yesterday. 
And the way that we remain full of uh, remembrance, the way that we keep from being forgetful is keeping our mind, uh, having a thankful heart and keeping our mind in a place of gratitude. And I can get forgetful. Um, I've told you this, like, I, I, I'm telling you, I lose stuff. I can walk in a room, put my keys somewhere, and spend the next 20 minutes trying to find my keys, and they're in my pocket. Or, you know, so I, I actually have a thing, I have a smart device on my key ring, so I find my keys with my phone. I know, terrible, but my, my wife will tell you, it's just, that, I mean, most of the time they're in my car in the driveway. <laughs> so if it's missing, I know who to come after. But, but we just, we, we, we can just... We can be forgetful about these things. But in this particular scripture, David is saying, don't forget. And listen to the things he says not to forget. These are the benefits. Let me just shout them out there. And if this means anything to you, how about you shout this morning, okay? If it has come to mean something to you, he says, first of all, don't forget the fact that you are forgiven. I mean, if you are a believer, you are a Christ follower, guess what? Your record's clean. You might remember it, but God does not remember it. He has not only forgiven it, he has forgotten it. Some of you ought to be overexcited about that one. Some of you got some stuff you don't want God to remember, right? I got some stuff I don't want God to remember. Well, the Bible says he has forgotten. He's not remembering. He's not recalling. So he, one of the benefits that, he, that we're forgiven, how about this one? We're healed. We are the healed of the Lord. Just, just as much as when he went to that cross was for your redemption, it was also for your healing. How about this one? You are protected. That's on that list. How about this one? You're favored. You're satisfied. You're renewed. David was talking to himself. He said, self, don't forget all the benefits of God. Hey, self, don't forget. You've been forgiven. You've been healed. You've been redeemed. Your, your soul is satisfied. God's renewing your strength, even like an eagle, so you can soar. Because what happens if we, if we let ourselves forget those things, we'll feel condemned instead of forgiven, sick instead of healed, dissatisfied instead of satisfied, lost instead of rescued. Amen. So number one, when we keep a thankful heart, it starts to cultivate gratitude in our lives. Isn't that good? Life point number two. So if keeping a thankful heart cultivates gratitude, then gratitude creates appreciation. Gratitude creates appreciation. Now, when you and I appreciate something, that means we give full recognition to it. We are recognizing something or we're recognizing someone. And, and I, I, I wrote this down, that appreciation is the voice of gratitude. Because I just want you to know that I'm not sure gratitude counts unless it's expressed. I'm not even sure thankfulness really counts unless it's what? Verbalized or it's expressed. So appreciation is the voice of gratitude. If I'm really thankful, if I'm really grateful, then guess what? I've got to learn that appreciation, a thank you, thank you for that. I appreciate that. That's the voice of being grateful. So as I'm going along today, uh, we need to check how grateful we are. It's not just a feeling. It actually becomes an expression. I wrote this down in my notes. Um, gratitude gives you an advantage. It really does give you 
an advantage. L- listen to this. Uh, I read some studies for you, and studies prove this, that grateful people are healthier. Their minds are more peaceful. They're more creative. Their relationships are better. They're more satisfied. They're more successful, and they're more prosperous. Those are, those are studies they did. So there's something connected to this thing that God said, in all circumstances, remain thankful or give thanks. Not just feel thankful, but to what? Give thanks. So when you have, when you have become more appreciative and more grateful, guess what? You have an advantage in your life. You've gained, I, I love this story. This is in the, the book of Luke. And there were 10 lepers that came to Jesus. And Jesus healed those 10 lepers. Y'all remember that story? So leprosy was an incurable thing at that time. It was a terrible disease that just ate away at, 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 at your body, at your, your flesh, at your, your, your digits. And it was a horrible, actually, if you had leprosy, you were an outcast. And if you came around people, you had to ring a bell just to tell people because it was, it was contagious. And there were 10 lepers who, they had to live outside the city and ring the bell and they were outcasts. And they came to Jesus and the Bible says that Jesus healed them. But, but you have to understand this story because there's some different verbs here, some different verbiage that's used in context of this story. It said that they went, as they went, they were healed, and nine of them went away healed. But the word healed there means the disease stopped. But it says one of those lepers returned to Jesus, fell at the feet of Jesus, and yelled out in thanksgiving and gratitude for healing. And Jesus said, uh, yo, there, weren't there 10 of you? Only one of you is here. And Jesus told him, he said, you're healed. But it's a different word for healed. It's the word completely cleansed. Now get this, nine of them, the disease stopped. One of them, they were cleansed. Their fingers came back. Their skin healed up. There's a difference between being whole and just a disease stopping. And the difference was the gratitude and the praise and the appreciation that one leopard out of 10, and I'm sure the other 10 felt thankful, but only one came back and said, thank you, Jesus, and fell at the feet of Jesus and was extremely grateful. Sometimes the difference in your life and my life and the miracles that happen are the appreciation that comes out of our lips. There are a lot of people that feel grateful for what God has done in their life, but they're missing miracles because they have not opened their mouth and given him the praise or the expression, or they have not opened their mouth and given him the declaration that he's good and they're thankful. I think we assume God knows it because he does know our thoughts, but he doesn't want to read your mind. He wants to hear your voice as well. Now, if you take the word grateful... And you can do this in English or you can do this in Greek and you add a prefix to the beginning of that word grateful, it does the same thing in English that it does in Greek. So let's just say in English, you put a U and an N before grateful and it takes that word grateful and it makes it ungrateful. What it does is it changes the total composition of that word, the total meaning of that word. It actually makes it the complete opposite of that word. So what was grateful now becomes, guess what? The total opposite, ungrateful unthankful, no gratitude, by just changing that little prefix. Now look at this scripture. This is 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 1 and 2. But you need to be, be aware in the final days. 
the culture of society will become extremely fierce. Hello, somebody. (laughs) People will be self-centered, lovers of themselves, and they will be obsessed with money. They will boast of great things as they strut around in their arrogant pride and they mock everything that is right. Hello. They will ignore their own families. And there will be two things we notice at the end of uh, the final days. People will be ungrateful and ungodly. Hello. Is that the culture that we exist in today? I mean, it's been there, but it is there in another level right now. People are strutting around. They are ungodly and they are ungrateful. You know, gratefulness or gratitude or thankfulness has a voice and it's appreciation. But I want you to know just as much as gratefulness has a voice, ungratefulness has a voice. Now, I told you I was going to preach you up. I was going to give you a couple ouch moments. Are you ready for the ouch moments? Here's the voice of ungratefulness, complaining. Thank you. Good night. Complaining is the voice of ungratefulness. This was amazing. Um, actually, we were having this discussion. How many of you were here a couple weeks ago when uh, Reverend Joe Morris was with us? Didn't he do a good job talking about the end times? We, we, we were at lunch, and we got talking about this very thing that I'm about to say to you. Do you know there was one thing that kept a whole generation from their promised land? The whole nation of Israel that did not inherit the promised land, it, 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 wasn't, it wasn't some of the sin that we think it is. It was complaining. Now, I want you all to get that. It wasn't their adultery. It was their complaining. It wasn't their impurity. It was their, their complaining. God got tired of hearing them complain. Read that in Numbers 14. They complained against Moses, they complained against Aaron, and they complained against God. They were mumbling and grumbling and complaining. They had been in bondage as slaves all of those years, and they got out between where they were and where God was taking them, and they got so full of grumbling and complaining, they actually wanted to go back and become slaves again. That's what they said, oh, if we would go back to Egypt and just die as a slave. Grumbling and complaining. The sin of complaining costs them their promised land. I wonder if the sin of complaining sometimes costs us some of our promises. I wonder sometimes if the grumbling and mumbling, we came out from this. We're not quite walking into a few things yet, but what's keeping us from crossing over the goal line is our mouth. Because instead of being full of praise and gratefulness, sometimes we're grumbling and mumbling and complaining. Because ungrateful hearts produce grumbling tongues. Y'all didn't like that. But I will tell you that complaining cuts off the flow of blessing. Proverbs says it this way, you will be snared by your words. Not your thoughts, not your feelings, but your words. Now, listen to me, if, if, if praise and appreciation is the voice of gratefulness, complaining becomes the voice of our ungratefulness. Now, I just gave you a few moments ago a few things that, that studies say happen when you have a grateful, thankful heart and you're expressive. 
Would you like to know what happens when we're ungrateful and we complain? Yeah. You're like, not really. I don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to hear this. Well, I'm going to tell you anyways. Listen to this. Studies have proven. So I say gratitude gives you an advantage. Listen to this. Ungrateful people are at a disadvantage. Because when you are grumbling and complaining, you make yourself a victim. And you have forgotten you're a victor. But here's what studies say. Studies have proven that when you complain for a half hour, you actually damage the structure of your brain. See, your brain, and some of you, you ought to be glad about this. There's hope for you. So your brain can actually be reshaped. (laughs) Elbow that person. You need to listen. (laughs) Some people are like, your brain is actually, it's still, it is still flexible and moldable. And so it can be rewired. Thank God. That's why the Bible says, let your mind be renewed because it can still be rewired and reshaped. But man, complaining, if you complain for at least a half hour, you actually damage the structure of your brain. Man, some of us don't need that. And I thought this was interesting. Um, when, you, when you make a habit of complaining, let's just, just listen to this. It causes your heart rate to increase. Your blood pressure increases. Adrenaline and cortisol is released into your body. It kills healthy cells. It alters your memory. It dulls your reasoning. It clouds your focus. And y'all don't want to hear this, but it makes you gain weight. You say, I've tried everything. (laughs) Keto, South Beach, Weight Watchers. What if we stop complaining? I'm just saying, that's what studies say. I quit Twinkies. Well, you need to quit complaining too. We'll just see what happens. <laughs> what, what happens is it, it puts your body into fight or flight mode and your muscles tense up. It's this whole thing that happens to your body because you're, you're a victim. You're complaining. Messes with your, your digestive system. I'm not saying that's the reason. I'm just saying maybe. Y'all didn't like that. Let's just keep going. Like, don't touch that. Man, this, listen to this one. When you complain about the past, your body and mind actually live, relive those experiences. Did you hear that? When you're complaining about the past, guess what happens? Your mind, your thoughts, your body, they start reliving those past. How many know we don't want to relive that? It was, we don't want to relive that. Hmm. It actually has the same effect on those who are listening to your complaining that it does yourself. Now listen to this one. Chronic complainers live five years less than other people. So if grateful people are healthier, ungrateful people are what's the word I'm looking for? Unhealthier? Unhealthier. I got stuck. I was like, what's that word? Wow. Complaining. Not you. Just I know some people in here complain. Man, sometimes, can I just be honest? There's a lot to complain about. In the hour we live in, I'm like, you ever been through a drive-thru lately? Like, it's not that hard. Here's what drives me crazy about drive-thrus. You give them your list, and you're like, okay, thank you. That's all. 
What's the next thing they say? Is that all? You ever notice that? Don't look at me so holy. Don't look at me like. I'm sorry if you work at drive-thru. I'm just saying. Sometimes I, you, you, you got to check the bag. Because just because you ordered it and it's on that screen that's lit up and they repeat it doesn't mean it makes it into the bag. I, this is the world I live in. Sometimes I'm like, and my wife, I don't know about you, but my wife will sit in the drive-thru and go through the whole bag. I'm freaking out. There's like seven cars behind me. I'm like, I got to get out of here. I got to get out of here. There's cars behind me. What's the matter? I don't know, but I can't sit here any longer because there's cars. Okay, let's take a poll. How, how many will sit there and go through the bag? How many feel like me? Like, my gosh, all these cars are behind me. I got to get out of here. Yeah. This has nothing to do with the sermon. I'm just saying there's a lot to complain about in the world we live in today. The economy's a mess. Inflation, borders, government. There's a lot to complain about, but thank God. For God. Don't forget his benefits in the middle of the mess. Don't forget who the blesser is in the middle of the mess. Amen. So a a, a thankful heart cultivates gratitude. Gratitude creates appreciation. Here's the last point. Appreciation causes generosity. It causes generosity. These three things these things are connected. A thankful heart... Gratitude, appreciation, and generosity. It would be wrong to feel thankful and not express it, but it would also be wrong to be blessed and not be a dispenser of blessing. Can you all take a couple scriptures? This is Proverbs eleven twenty five. 25. Look what it says. The generous will what? Prosper. Those who refresh others will be refreshed. I just need refresh. Well, be a refresher. (laughs) How many just need refresh sometimes? Guess how you get refreshed? Refresh somebody else. When you're generous, you will prosper. What's the key to prospering? The lottery. It's $5 billion. Well, if you win, great. Tide. But other than that, the generous will prosper. That's how you prosper. You ever notice the most generous people, no matter how much they have, are grateful people. They're just grateful people. It doesn't even, I mean, I know people have a lot that aren't real generous because they're not real grateful. Because some people who have a lot are in fear they're going to lose a lot. Generous people realize he's the giver. He'll keep giving if I keep being generous. Look at this one. This is Proverbs 11. Um, 24 and 25 in a different version. This is the message Bible. Uh, The world of the generous gets larger and larger. But the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. What's the difference there? It's gratitude. It's gratefulness. It's a thankful heart. It's appreciation. It's expression. It's generosity. Look at verse 25. The one who blesses others is abundantly blessed. Those who help others, what do they receive? Help. They receive help. I wrote this down. You you need to write this down. This is good. If you don't think it's good, shout, make me feel good, okay? Here's what generosity does. Generosity kills greed, provides for need, and always releases seed. I thought you'd do a little better than that. Let me say that again. Generosity will kill greed, always provide need, and it continues to release seed. 
here's why that's so important. Because if, if, if you have some greed in your life, which we all do, how do you kill that generosity? If there's need in your life, how do you, how do you generate God meeting a need? You be generous. And when you release seed, the Bible said there will always be seed, time, and harvest. Don't, don't buy into global warming. God's in control of all of that. When the church is out of here and it's all over this, when global warming happens, the earth will burn. You know all that, right? But, but, but listen, there will always be seed, time, and harvest. As long as you're sowing seed, time and harvest will continue to come. It's a cycle. It's always been there. It will always be there no matter, no matter what. Seed, time, harvest. So every time you sow seed, there's going to be time and harvest. You don't have to worry about tomorrow if you're sowing seed today. You do not have to worry about inflation next year if you're sowing your seed now. You don't have to worry about the economy two years from now if you're sowing your seed now. Is it challenging? Does it stink? Yes. But I'm telling you, grateful people don't stop being generous because they've been blessed. They've been blessed. Uh, let me give you real quick, and I, and I want to wrap this up. Let me, let me give you an area of generosity as we're ending the year here. They're going to put a slide up on, on the screen. And... And so right now, you, you, you guys have been a part of this. There's a ministry that uh, helps those in need in, in the downtown area in Clarksburg. It's called Friends Feeding Friends. Last year, we packed the box truck and blessed them with, with items. We pulled that box truck up. They were just blessed. And so if you have blankets, coats, gloves, socks, winter hats, they can be gently used. I like how Pastor Shane said it. Not, not, not your stuff with holes in it, but gently used stuff. You can bring it on Sundays. Uh, we'll put it in a box truck. We're going to take that to them here after the 1st of December. It helps those who are without blankets and clothing. How many just got some of that stuff? I, I, the other day, it's like, man, we got a lot of stuff sitting around. So you don't have to go buy brand new stuff. We're going we're gonna to pa pack the box truck here over the next few weeks. So bring that in on Sundays because um, we're a generous church, right? We're, we're a grateful church. We're just going to we're gonna, um, live out the message we're speaking here this morning. Uh, um, here's the other thing we're going to do. At the end of the year, we always do a Christmas giving. And we, we've changed it over the last couple of years. We've done some stuff through the schools and, and different things. And in the last couple of years, we just felt like God was changing. We're like, God, what, what, what's the best use of blessing that we can be? So here's what we're doing this year. We're, we're going to adopt Teen Challenge and the ladies there and their kids. And we're just going to bless them with a great Christmas. Um, And you can, start, you can start giving today on those. Um, when you give online or on the app, or, or, or it's, it's marked there. You can mark those under special. You can mark that under special. So for the next few weeks, give a Christmas blessing. We're gonna we want to bless them and their kids because they, they're, you know, they're there getting um, uh, 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 helped. And we want to help their kids. We just want to bless them, right? Anyone grateful for what God's done? Yeah. We're just going to be... Now... And I want to bless them. I, and, and so we'll bless the kids, the, the ministry there. We just want to be like, man, those, those people at, at LifePoint, um, they're very generous. Here's why we're generous. Because we're blessed. We're blessed. Let me close with this. And then we're going to do some worship and we'll end with communion. How do you know how grateful you are? Listen to this. Here's how you know. By what you feel in your heart attitude. How, how thankful are you by what you remember in your thoughts? How grateful is your mind? By what you speak, are you complaining or are you appreciating? 
and how generous you are with what God's blessed you with. Before we worship, I, I want you to think about this. I want you to think about how generous Jesus was and is for you. Can we stand on this one? How generous Jesus was. Why? Aren't you so glad that God wasn't obsessed with your failure and your mess-ups and your sin? He wasn't obsessed with that. That didn't stand in the way. But his heart, his mind, and his actions were completely motivated by love for you. Not, not the you that's got it all together now, but the you that was jacked up back then. Out of love, God was so generous that he gave his son as a gift. Gave his son as a gift. And I think the greatest return, I mean, obviously it's worship, it's raising our hand, it's generosity, but not just a moment but that thankfulness, gratitude, appreciation, and generosity, it's just our MO. It's our lifestyle. It's, it's how we respond to the love of Jesus, that he didn't leave you in your addiction. He didn't leave you in your mess up. He didn't leave you in your prison cell. He didn't leave you to you. He rescued you because he's a God of goodness and generosity. And in spite of your nastiness, God was good, is good, and will be good to you going forward. I think our response is not just worship here for a few moments, but it's the way we live, not just like every November being thankful, but this is, this is the way we go into 23. This is the way we exist in, in a new year. This is just how we live because there's a lot of craziness around us, but we're grateful people. How you doing? I'm grateful. How you doing? I'm thankful. How you doing? I'm grateful. I'm thankful. And being great, grateful just keeps you from forgetting all the benefits. In other words, everything God has done, everything God is doing, and everything God will do tomorrow. We're going to do a couple songs, and let's worship God like we never worshiped Him. Let's worship Him with all of our passion. Pastor Diane and I will be up in a moment. We're going to all receive communion together. Can we put a hand to heaven? Father, we thank you for your goodness. Father, we thank you for your faithfulness. God, you are so, 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 so good, and we are so, so thankful.